Blog Talk Radio. You are listening live to the Alex Cardinal Show, your one stop for news, sports, current events, current news, politics, and fun. With plenty of action packed into this show, there is something for everyone. What will Alex be talking about today? Want to call in and interact with Alex? Call in live at 1 323 642 1605. Now, coming to you live from Springfield, Massachusetts, is the crazy Alex Cardinal. Take it away, Alex. You are tuned into the Weekly News Hour here on the Alex Cardinal Show. Alex is going to recap the latest in this week's current news, sports, entertainment, and much more. Plus, he will take a blast from the past, and we will all learn about this day in history. So let's get this news station started. The News Hour is ready for blast off, starting now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Alice Cardinelli Show on this fine Friday evening. I hope you guys had a great week, and I hope you guys are having a fantastic Friday night. I'm your host. Alex Cardinelli, and thank you for tuning in to this fun episode of the Alex Cardinelli Show. Now, today's episode is episode number 20. That's right. This is our 20th episode of the Alex Cardinelli Show. I can't believe we're already at 20 episodes already. But today is Friday, and that means we're going to do our fourth edition of Weekly News Hour here tonight on the Alex Cardinelli Show. Now, this is perhaps one of my funnest series that I do, and one that I look forward to doing each and every week. You know, when it comes to Monday, I'm like, I can't wait to do the weekly news hour on the Alice Cardinelli Show. I really, really do enjoy hosting this series here on the Alice Cardinelli Show, and I certainly hope that you, the listeners, enjoy the weekly news hour here on the Alice Cardinelli Show, because as a kid, I always love watching the news, and I always love playing a news acre, and now I've got the opportunity to share news on a real radio show, so it's quite an honor for me, and I want you listeners to know that I'm very honored to share some news with you, and I'm very honored that you guys listen to the Alice Cardinelli Show. Anyways, today I'm doing my fourth installment of Weekly News Hour, and I've got an action-packed show coming your way today. I hope you guys enjoy this show, and hope you guys have a blast as well as well as I do, because I know I have a lot of fun doing this, and I want you guys to have a lot of fun listening to this great show. All right, so the agenda for today's show is I'm going to discuss today in history, and today is Friday, January 16th, 2015. I'll go over some weekly news that I think is important to share with all my listeners. I'll discuss some sports news, and we'll talk about the NFL championship. Can you guys believe the NFL championship playoffs are taking place this weekend? We're going to find out who exactly is going to Super Bowl 49 this Sunday. I'll review WWE SmackDown. That's right, SmackDown moved to Thursdays. Um, 
yesterday. So we're going to review SmackDown every single weekly news hour starting tonight. And then, of course, we've got our fun part of the show. We've got the quote time with Alice Cardinelli, which debuted last week, and we're going to continue that tonight. So we've got a lot to talk about tonight here on the Alice Cardinelli Show, and I hope you guys will enjoy tonight's show. So, tonight we're debuting another new segment here on the Weekly News Hour, and that's going to be the Friday Night Smackdown Review. Oh, excuse me, I mean the Thursday Night Smackdown Review. Smackdown moved to Thursday starting yesterday, so we're going to review Smackdown from last night tonight on Weekly News Hour, and that'll be something we do every Weekly News Hour. Now, don't forget, you can call in live at one three two three six four two one six zero five. If you got a story you want to share, I mean, like a new story you saw in your local area, go ahead and call in at one three two three six four two one six zero five. You can also call in to discuss your thoughts on this weekend's NFL championship playoffs and discuss who you think is going to Super Bowl. That's one three two three six four two one six zero five, and I'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and call in. I've never had a caller on my weekly news hour yet, and I would love to have a caller um, tonight. So go ahead and call in one three two three six four two one six zero five. Tell me a local news story from your area, or your thoughts on the NFL championship game, or your thoughts on SmackDown, and more. I'd love to hear from you. All right, well, we've got a lot to talk about tonight, so let's get started, and we've got a fun segment to start the show, and as usual, we're going to start the show with a little bit of history. Well, well, welcome to Today in History being brought to you by Jam Books, your leader in guitars and guitar supplies. So let's find out how historic today is. Today is Friday, January 16th, the 16th day of 2015. There are 349 days left in the year. Today's highlight in history. On January 16th, 1865, Union Major General William T. Sherman issued Special Field Order Number 15, which decreed that 400,000 acres of land in South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida would be confiscated, divided into 40-acre lots, and given to former slaves. The order, which was later revoked by President Andrew Johnson, is believed to have inspired the expression, 40 acres and a meal. Now, on this date in history, on January 16, 1547, Ivan I.V. of Russia, popularly known as Ivan the Terrible, was crowned Caesar. In 1883, the U.S. Civil Service Commission was established. On January 16, 1920, Prohibition began in the United States as the 18th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution took effect, one year to the date after its ratification. 
It was later repelled by the 21st Amendment. In 1935, fugitive gangster Fred Baker and his mother, Kate Ma Barker, were killed in a shootout with the FBI at Lake Ware, Florida. In 1942, actress Carol Lombard, 33, her mother Elizabeth, and 20 other people were killed when their plane crashed near Las Vegas, Nevada, while en route to California from a war bond promotion tour. On January 16, 1957, three B-52s, took off from Castle Air Force Base in California on the first nonstop round-the-world flight by jet planes, which lasted 45 hours and 19 minutes. Classical music conductor Arturo Toscani died in New York at age 89. On January 16, 1969, two-man Soviet Soyuz Spaceships became the first vehicles to dock in space and transfer personnel. On January 16, 1978, NASA named 35 candidates to fly on the space shuttle, including Sally K. Ride, who became America's first woman in space, and Gunyan S. Bluford Jr., who became America's first black astronaut in space. In 1989, three days of rioting began in Miami when a police officer fatally shot Clement Lloyd, a black motorcyclist, causing a crash that claimed the life of Lloyd's passenger, Alan Blanchard. The officer, William Lonzo, was convicted of manslaughter, but then was acquitted in a retrial. In 1991, the White House announced the start of Operation Desert Storm to drive Iraqi forces out of Kituwit. In 1995, the now-defunct United Paramount Network UPN made its debut by broadcasting the first episode of Star Trek Voyager. In 2003, the space shuttle Columbia blasted off for what turned out to be its last flight. On board was Israel's first astronaut, Ivan Ramon. The mission ended in tragedy on February 1st when the shuttle broke up during its recent descent killing all seven crew members. Ten years ago today, the U.S. military freed 81 detainees in Afghanistan ahead of the Muslim feast of Eid al-Ahada. Golden Globes were awarded to the Aviator as Best Movie Drama and Sideways as Best Movie Musical or Comedy. Today's birthdays. Arthur William Kennedy is 87. Author editor Norman Potterhurt is 85. Oprah singer Marilyn Horn is 81. Hall of Famer auto racer AJ Fott is 80. Singer Barba is 73. Country singer Ronnie Millsap is 72. 
singer Catherine Anderson Charniff, the Marvelette, is 71. Country singer Jim Stafford is 71. Talk show host Dr. Laura Schellsinger is 68. The famous, the famous movie director John Carpenter is 67. And my favorite movie from John Carpenter is Halloween. So, happy birthday, the creator of Halloween, John Carpenter. Actress, dancer, choreographer Debbie Allen is 65. Singer Say Day is 56. Rock musician Paul Webb is 53. Rhythm and blues singer Maxine Jones is 49. Actor David Chow Kichi is 47. Actor Richard T. Jones is 43. Actress Josie Davis is 42. Model Kate Moss is 41. Country musician James Young is 35. Rock musician Nick Valencia is 34. Actress Renee Felici Smith is 30. NFL quarterback Joe Flacco is 30. And actress Yvonne Zima is 26. So, happy birthday to all those of you who are celebrating your birthday on January 16th. Thought for today. A fanatic is a man that does what he thinks the Lord would do if he knew the facts in the case. From Mr. Dooley's Philosophy by Finley Peter Dunn, American Humorist, 1867 to 1936. And that, my friends, is Today in History for January 16th. This just in. It's time for the weekly news. Here's Alex Cardinale with this week's news. All right. Well, it's time for the news hour here on the um, Alex Cardinale show. I've got a lot of news to report to you this week. Some good news and some bad news, but news nonetheless. I hope you guys all enjoy this week's news. And the first news story comes from my brother from another mother, my best friend Jeff, and thank you, Jeff, for providing this fantastic story for us. And this is actually a very sad story, but I'm going to share it with you. Now, our first story is 18-year-old falls from city building, lands on pedestrian below. A Temple University freshman died, and another woman was injured in a fall from a dorm building on a busy Philadelphia street Thursday evening. The deadly incident unfolded in Center City outside the H&M store on the 16th block or on the 16th 100 block of Chestnut Street. Shoppers and pedestrians watched in horror as 18-year-old Rebecca Kim slipped and fell off the window ledge of an apartment building and landed on top of another woman who was 44 who happened to be walking below at the time. This is surreal to me, said a witness. I can't even believe it. 
Temple University confirmed that Kim died Thursday evening at Jefferson University Hospital following the eight-story fall. It is with great sadness that I inform you of the death of Rebecca Kim, a first-year student in the College of Science and Technology, University President Neil Seabolt said in a statement Friday. The pre-pharmacy student was visiting friends who attend the Art Institute of Philadelphia when she fell. Temple University released this statement following Kim's death. Temple University is deeply saddened to learn the death of one of our students in Center City, Philadelphia. Our thoughts and prayers are with her and her, 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 her family and friends. Counseling for University students is available at Tolman Counseling Services. It definitely gives you a reality check and makes you want to call your friends and family because you just watched someone die, another witness said. The injured pedestrian was taken to Heyman Hospital. She has a broken vertebrae and missing teeth. An investigation into the incident is underway, and that really is sad to learn about someone falling from a building and dying. So my thoughts and prayers are with Kim's family and friends. So let's go ahead and take a moment of silence for Kim as this young 18-year-old lost her life, please. All right, thank you for the uh, moment of silence there. And now let's move on down to our next news story, which is actually a, a pretty good news story. 12-year-old sends letter to all 32 NFL teams, and only the Carolina Panthers respond. Sometimes it's tough to pick a team to root for, so why not just ask the teams? Well, that's exactly what 12-year-old Cade Pope did. The sixth grader from Oklahoma wrote a letter to every owner of every NFL team asking who he should support. Of the 32 teams, only one responded. Carolina Panthers owner Jerry Richardson sent Cade a handwritten letter that stated, Cade, we would be honored if our Carolina Panthers became your team. We would make you proud by the classy way we represent you. The letter also came with a replica Panthers helmet signed by Pro Bowl linebacker Luke Klusley. Now, he would go on to say, if this is the only team that responds to me, I'm a Carolina Panthers fan, said Pope. And that is a pretty unique story. I have a lot of respect for that, and I'm glad the Panthers responded to this kid. It's actually a very unique story and a very cool story if you were to ask me my opinion on that. All right. So down to our next story, which, again, is another very sad story. Man jumps in front of San Francisco train, snarling morning commute, San Francisco. Commuters were faced with major delays across San Francisco on Wednesday morning after a man jumped in front of a train and was killed 
forcing officials to shut down most lanes running through downtown Bay Area Rapid Transit, officials said. The man, who was apparently bent on committing suicide, died after being struck by a train at the city's Powell Street Station, Bart spokeswoman Elisa Trust said. He was not identified by authorities. Trust said the Powell Street Station was closed while police and coroners, investigators, responded to the scene, allowing only one of the city's four major train lines to run as scheduled. Rush hour passengers headed downtown were greeted by a litany of broadcast over the BART's PA system, advising commuters to switch to buses. Train cars were packed with office workers, mostly glued to smartphone and tablet screens. BART is recovering from an earlier problem. There is a major delay system-wide due to an earlier major medical emergency at Powell. Trains are now stopping at Powell Street. Expect major delays through the morning commute, the agency said in a message on its website. On one train stuck at Glen Park Station, just a few stops from the financial district, many threw in a towel and walked out after the train had been immobile for 15 minutes. One passenger remarked to another holding a skateboard, you might be better off flying that skateboard into work. And it is sad someone decided to commit suicide by jumping in front of a train this week. So I'm very sorry to hear that. All right, well, we've got another sad train accident that took place earlier this week to report. Ten killed and five injured after Texas prison bus hit train, Austin, Texas. Ten people were killed and five severely injured when a Texas prison bus carrying 15 people skidded off an icy highway overpass and hit a moving freight train on Wednesday, officials said. Two correctional officers and eight inmates died from injuries suffered in the accident near the west Texas city of Odessa, the Texas Department of Criminal Justice said. It's with a heavy heart that we mourn the loss of those killed and injured this morning in a tragic accident. Their loved ones will be in our thoughts and prayers, said Brad Livingston, executive director of the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Four of the crash victims were in critical condition and the other was in serious condition, according to the Medical Center Hospital in Odessa. The bus was traveling from Albini to El Paso with 12 inmates and three corrections officers aboard. It was transporting offenders from the Middletown unit in Albine, which houses male offenders and is not a high secretary faculty. The identities of those on the transport bus have not yet been released. The accident appeared to be a weather-related, a spokeswoman with the Texas Department of Pub Public Safety said. 
It seems that there was an ice patch there on the overpass, said Sergeant Elizabeth Barney, who added the the bus crash into the moving train. It is a very horrific and tragic crash, Barney said. The National Transportation Safety Board said it was sending a team to investigate. The United Pacific Railroad said the transport bus plunged from the elevated roadway and into one of its freight trains, causing damage to two cars. The two crew members aboard the train did not suffer serious injuries. Our sympathies go out to all the victims involved, spokesman Jeff DeGroff said. And again, I'm sorry for all of those of you who lost their lives in this train accident. Well, moving on down to our next story, I'm sad to announce all of our friends in Canada won't be able to a store, or, or all of our friends in Canada won't be able to enjoy a store here us Americans, the United States of America, enjoy. That is because Target is deciding to close all of their Canadian stores, which is sad because I, as American, love Target, and I know a lot of the Canadians love Target as well, so I'm probably going to be the bearer of bad news, but Target is closing down in Canada. Target to shut 133 Canada stores to stem massive losses. Target is giving up on Canada. More than 17,600 employees will eventually lose their jobs when the U.S. discount retailer closes its 133 Canadian stores after only about two years to cut losses that went as high as a billion dollars a year. The company didn't see how to stop the losses before at least 2021. Tort Corporation Chairman and CEO Brian Carnell said Thursday. Carnell said on Target's corporate blog that its Canadian arm was losing money every day. The closing is Carnell's first major move since becoming CEO. His predecessor, predecessor, Craig Stefafal, was pushed out last May after a string of problems from a massive data breach to woes in the U.S. to Canada. Carnell said the company will instead focus reigniting Target's 1,800-store U.S. business, which has struggled with the sluggish sales since the recession. Exporting Target's cheap chick across the border seems like a no-brainer because for years, droves of Canadians crossed the border to shop at its U.S. stores. But problems cropped up almost immediately when it opened more than 100 stores in the first year of its Canadian expansion. Shoppers complained of shortages of basic consumer goods and complained that prices were too high. They also didn't find the brands that they seen and liked in the U.S. stores. A weak holiday season that ended 2014 was the last straw. We missed the mark from the beginning by taking on too much too fast, Carnell said on the Target blog. Anthony Carabas, president of Helco Retail Consulting in Toronto, praised the move. 
Target underestimated that the Canadian consumer is a highly sophisticated consumer who cross-border shops. It is also underestimated the fiercely competitive landscape, Carabas said. The CEO made the right call. Some Canadian shoppers were more pointed in their criticism. Shame on them for opening here with exorbitant prices compared to the U.S., said Lauren Tinto, 35, of Toronto, who runs a store that sells blinds. They think we're idiots or something. Cracking the Canadian retail market, about one-tenth the size of the U.S. looks simple. Target's difficulties show it's not. There are costly regulations and shoppers who compare prices religiously. There is also increasing competition. Canadian standbys like Dollarama and Canadian Tire are our affordable rivals. And there's also heated competition from U.S. retailers, including Walmart stores and Costco. Big Lots Incorporated and Best Buy Company have closed stores there, and Walmart has seen its sales in Canada weekend. Sears Holding Corp. is still selling most of its stake in its Canadian unit. Target said Thursday that it expects about $5.4 billion in fourth quarter losses from discontinued operations in Canada. It foresees about $275 million of losses on discontinued operations in fiscal 2015. Target expects cash cost for the exit to be between $500 million and $600 million, with most of these costs taking place in the fiscal 2015 or later. The retailer said it has enough money to fund the cost. The company said it received court approval to voluntarily make about 15 or make about 59 million dollars in cash contributions into an employee trust the trust would give almost all of target's canada workers at least 16 weeks of compensation including wages and benefits coverage for employees not needed for the entire winding down of the business Target Canadian stores will stay open during liquidation. United States Target saw a holiday season and ended better than expected. Fourth quarter sales at the U.S. stores open at least a year rose about 3%, the company said Thursday. Its previous outlook was for an approximately 2% increase, helped by higher traffic and better than expected online sales. Sales at stores open at least a year is a key gauge of a retailer's health because it excludes results from stores recently open or closed. Target expects fourth quarter adjustment earnings of $1.43 to $1.47 per share. The company's stock gained $1.45 or 2% to $75.78 in midday training. All right, so that is the story of the Target Canadian stores closing. Now we've got Oklahoma and Florida plan to execute convicted murders. Oklahoma plans on Thursday to conduct its first 
execution since a felty lethal injection last April led to an overhaul of his death chamber protocols and prompted President Barack Obama to seek a re-examination of capital punishment in the United States. An hour before the execution in Oklahoma, Florida is expected to execute a man for murdering a Pensacola banker and sexually assaulting his wife in a 1993 home invasion. The Florida execution is planned for 6 p.m. Eastern Eastern Standard Time yesterday and the one in Oklahoma for 6 p.m. Central Standard Time yesterday. Oklahoma is set to execute child rapist and murderer Charles Warner after spending months revising how it implements the death penalty to prevent death chamber shortcomings. Lawyers for Warner are seeking a halt to the proceedings, saying the new protocols are deeply flawed. They have raised concerns about the secrecy surrounding the source of the lethal injection cocktail and what is in the mix. Level of unconsciousness required for surgery and therefore is unsuitable for executions. Both states say the drug is effective and their chemical combinations are appropriate. We know that Metazom does not satisfy the constitutional requirement of preventing cruel and unusual suffering and that it does not reliably anesthetize prisoners during execution, said Dale Bur- uh, Barch, an attorney for Oklahoma death row prisoners. In April, Oklahoma inmate, death row inmate, Clayton Lockett, who received medoslem, was seen by witnesses twisting on the death row gurney after troubles with the IV caused the lethal injection mix to be improperly administered. Officials halted the execution about 15 minutes after it began, but Lockett died about a half hour later from toxic chemicals that acclimated in his tissue. The inmate to be executed in Florida, Johnny Carmondi, 42, has spent almost half his life on death roll. He was convicted in the fatal shooting of Gary McAdams and the rape of his wife when the couple came home from her 20th high school reunion on July 11, 1993. His execution would be the 21st carried out under Governor Rick Scott, tying the mark set by former Governor Jeb Bush. Bush served eight years, while Scott is just starting his second four-year term in, in office. And speaking of Oklahoma, Oklahoma set to resume executions nine months after Bosch attempt. The state of Oklahoma is set to execute its first death row prisoner since a bungled lethal ejection in April 2014 left an inmate rising in pain for 43 minutes before dying of a heart attack. Charles Warner's lethal injection is scheduled for 6 p.m. Central Time on Thursday, which was yesterday. On Monday, a federal appeals court rejected Warner's appeal to delay his execution. Warner has asked the U.S. Supreme Court for a reprieve, 
according to NBC News. Warner was convicted of the 1997 rape and murder of an 11-month-old girl whose mother, Shonda Waller, has said she does not believe Warner should be put to death. I don't see any justice in just sentencing someone to die, Waller told KFOR. To me, the justice is in someone living with what they have done to you, to your family, and having to live with that the rest of their life, knowing that they will never get to walk out those doors. Three other Oklahoma death row inmates are scheduled to die by early March, according to the report. Originally, Warner was to be executed the same day as Clayton Lockett, subject of the disastrous lethal ejection less than one year ago. But complications with Lockett's execution put or Lockett's execution put Warner's death on hold as state officials scrambled to explain whether its lethal injection process did not put inmates through unconstitutional unconstitutional pain and suffering, as prisoners and advocacy groups have argued in legal filings. Lockett died after doctors burst a vein in his body, administrating a controversial cocktail of drugs. As RT reported last year, the drugs leaked out of his vein as a result, and an unknown amount was absorbed into his body. Although lethal injections typically take about 10 minutes or so to kill a visual, Lockett's procedure lasted for 43 minutes, during which he reportedly writhed, groaned, and clenched his teeth before officials closed the blinds from view of witnesses, including media on hand. Lockett eventually died of a heart attack. It was a horrible thing to witness, Lockett's attorney David Autry told the Associated Press at the time. This was totally botched. In June of 2014, 21 death row inmates sued the state after Lockett's bungled execution, questioning the use of the sedative Madalaslam. The lawsuit accused Oklahoma state officials of failing to confer with experts as they developed new execution protocols, insisting that the drug combinations they settled on are not appropriate for lethal injections. The plaintiffs are not challenging their convictions or sentence of death in this action, the compliment read. They are challenging only the way in which their sentence of death will be carried out by the defendants. According to the Associated Press, the inmates extended their challenge to the way drugs are developed, claiming that chemicals manufactured at compounding pharmacies, which are not regulated as heavily by the Food and Drug Administration compared to other faculties, should not be used without a court-ordered review. Many states have turned to compounding pharmacies for execution-related drugs, since European pharmaceutical companies, their chief suppliers, have banned sales to correctional departments over moral objections to capital punishment. By attempting to conduct executions with an ever-changing array of untried drugs of unknown provenance, using untested procedures, defendants are engaging in a program of biological exper- exper- 
experimentation on captive and unwilling human subjects, the inmates' lawyers said in court, according to AP. Lockett's mishandled execution triggered an investigation ordered by Governor Mary Fallon, which resulted in new protocols for the state's lethal injections. In October, the state concluded that as much as five times the amount of Midlesland, a ministry to lock it will be the new norm for executions. Oklahoma Corrections officials also said new rules will require more training of prison staff and members of execution squads will, while outlining continuity plans in case of equipment malfunction and a problem with an inmate's medical condition. The state said it will also reduce the number of media witnesses allowed at executions from 12 to 5. The Oklahoma Department of Corrections Director Robert Patton told the Board of Corrections last Thursday that prison staff have worked very hard to prepare for Warner's execution. Whatever drug Oklahoma and other states decide to use to kill prisoners, they should abandon the barbaric use of paralyzing drugs entirely. Mark Health, anesthesiologist and lethal injection expert at Columbia University, wrote Wednesday. If the state claims that Midazom will produce a smooth, peaceful, humane death, then it should be willing to allow witnesses and the courts to observe the process without the publicity of paralysis. If states can't be confident that Midazom will produce a smooth and rapid death and they shouldn't be given the experience so far, they shouldn't be using it at all. Also on Thursday, the state of Florida is set to kill death row inmate Johnny Carmondi. Like Oklahoma, Florida has also received sanctity for its use of the controversial drug cocktail during executions. And our last news for this week is a very good news for those of you that love going to the Super Bowl in person. Super Bowl tickets are average, uh, Super Bowl tickets are averaging over three thousand dollars, and we don't know who is playing yet. That's right, folks. Super Bowl tickets are going over three thousand dollars. Even the cheapest Super Bowl tickets are now selling on the secondary market for over $2,000 apiece. Though it's risky, smart buyers should be patient because ticket prices usually fall as game day, game day nears. The NFL teams competing in Super Bowl 49 on February 1st at the University of Phoenix Stadium won't be determined until this weekend's NFC and AFC Championship games are over but that has not stopped football fans from paying top dollar for tickets. According to the ticket resale site, StubHub, the lowest getting price to the 2015 Super Bowl was around $2,250 as of Thursday. What's more, the site says that ticket sales are up 260% compared to last year when the cold weather venue MetLife Stadium in New Jersey was a much less attractive destination than Phoenix in the wintertime. 
StubHub reports that over the past week, average Super Bowl ticket resale prices have risen from $3,017 to $3,106. Other ticket resale and research specialists, including TIQ, IQ.com, and SBTickets.com, have been listing tickets starting at $2,100 and going high going as high as $5,900 lately. As recently as week December, getting prices to the game were starting at around $1,600. Generally speaking, ticket demand and prices spike immediately after the AFC and NFC championship games end, and understandably so. Fans finally know which teams are playing in the Super Bowl, and if one is their team, they'll blow their budget for the chance to witness what they hope will be world championship glory in person. In a glance, it's apparent that ticket prices are rising and are likely to keep rising in the days ahead. So, the smart move for fans who have to be at that game would be to snatch up seats sooner rather than later, right? Well, perhaps not. Often, Super Bowl ticket prices drop in the last few days before the game. This is the period after the big spenders have grabbed their seats and the sellers who have yet to unload their tickets don't want to be left holding the bag. Hence, decreasing prices at the last minute for Super Bowl 2013, Super Bowl 2014, when its cheapest tickets dropped to $1,200 and $1,500 respectively within days of kickout, kickoff. Mind you, a last-minute price plunge is not guaranteed. If the Super Bowl winds up featuring the New England Patriots and the Green Bay Packers, which both have incredibly loyal fans known to travel to games, and which both have future Hall of Fame quarterbacks in Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, ticket prices could rise much higher and faster than usual. They could also stay high right up until game day. All right, and that is this week's news for the Alex Cardinelli Show. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break here on the Alex Cardinelli Show. We're going to hear a word from our sponsor, and we're also going to support a local music artist who has a wonderful group or wonderful band, and the name of the band is Chainsaw Love Affair, and we're going to hear a great song from Chainsaw Love Affair called Taking the Rest of My Life Off during the commercial break. Now, coming up next on the Alice Cornelli Show, I'll be giving out my sports news. It'll be time for Quote Time with Alex, and there'll be news for the Alice Cornelli Show. So stick around, because up next we got sports news, Quote Time with Alex, and news for the Alice Cornelli Show. And, of course, you can call in to discuss who you think is going to the Super Bowl next. So stick around and enjoy this fantastic commercial break because coming up next, we got sports news for you after this commercial. The Aquatic Wetline is a tropical fish-keeping podcast that is dedicated to all the tropical fish keepers. The Aquatic Wetline covers fresh water, salt water, and reptiles. The Aquatic Wetline is the one and only fish-keeping podcast hosted by a fish keeper for fish keepers. 
Aquatic Wet Line is one of the original fish-keeping podcasts that was the first to be dedicated to freshwater fish on Blog Talk Radio. With over 100 episodes and plenty of new episodes coming to you live each week, Aquatic Wet Line is the place to be for all fish keepers. So check us out. blogtalkradio.com forward slash aquaalex Dakota Aquatics Plus is the next best aquarium keeping show here on Blog Talk Radio. Your host of this show, Andrew will dive deep into the topics of freshwater and saltwater fish, reptiles, and other pets. Dakota Aquatics Plus is live every Saturday and is a show that you will enjoy. So check Andrew out. blogtalkradio.com forward slash Dakota Aquatics Plus. Gail Carson is a singer and songwriter who produces some awesome music. Gail Carson is an ASCAP, multi-genre singer-slash-songwriter spanning folk, country, roots, Americana, and a little bit of rock and roll. www.gailcarson.com Gail Carson is also a radio show host of The Gail Carson Show, an original indie artist showcase series broadcast on internet radio stations all over the world. Gail Carson is a professional photographer, videographer, and graphic artist www.gailcarsonphotograph.com Gail Carson is a producer slash engineer. Gail Carson is a music promoter. Choosing guitar accessories can be expensive and time-consuming, but it doesn't have to be. Jambox will deliver the necessities right to your front door. Jambox is great for players of any age and all experience levels. Try new brands, new products, and get your jam on. Order a Jambox today at www.jamboxcanada.ca. On the next episode of the Alex Cornelli Show, Alex welcomes his next two guests to the show. Ten-year-old actor Nathan Blowey and his father Mark Blowey will be the next two guests on the show. Nathan Blowey has starred on several television shows, including the Fox hit Master Chef Junior. Nathan Blowey will discuss what it's like being ten years old and being on several television shows. His father Mark Blowey will discuss what it's like being a father of a TV star at just a young age of 10 years old. This is going to be an awesome one-on-one interview with a 10-year-old actor and his father. So join us live this Sunday, January 18th, 2015 at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is going to be one epic show for the Alex Cornelli Show. You will not want to miss it, I guarantee you. To join the Alex Cornelli Show this Sunday, as we welcome Mark and Ethan Blowey to the show as our next wonderful guest. You can call in Sunday at 1-323-642-1605 with any questions for Mark or Nathan. We'll see you this Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern.
Are you tired of ordering takeout? Are you tired of going out to eat? Do you want to learn how to cook and bake? Well, Chef Alex is going to help you. Chef Alex is a 21-year-old chef with two culinary art certificates and over five years of culinary art experience, plus he is Thursday certified. Chef Alex hosted a very successful cooking show here on Blog Talk Radio called the Chef Cornelli Cooking Show. Now, starting on February 1st, 2015, at 9 p.m. Eastern, Chef Alex brings his culinary experience to the Alex Cardinelli Show. That's right, starting Sunday, February 1st, 2015, we debut a new series here on the Alex Cardinelli Show called Cooking with Alex Cardinelli, hosted by yours truly, Chef Alex Cardinelli. So, if you're looking for some tasty, delicious recipes, and you want to learn how to bake and cook like a chef, make sure you join us every first Sunday of the month here on the Alex Cardinelli Show. Cooking with Alex Cardinelli debuts Sunday, February 1st, 2015, 9 p.m. Eastern. So, Chef Alex is happy to be a part of the Alex Cardinelli Show starting on February 1st. BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Crazy Alex Tom. Let's get cooking February 1st. It's time to get funky right here on the Alex Cardinelli Show. We're going to hear some wonderful music on the Alex Cardinelli Show. I hope you like music, so DJ Alex, take it away and play some wonderful music here on the Alex Cardinelli Show. Yeah! Another one by the dust. Life. It's 
Cardinali show. We hope you enjoy our nice music and commercial break. Let's dive back into the show and find out what's next on the table for discussion. Now back to Alex Cardinali live from the Blog Talk Radio studio. You are tuned into the weekly news hour here on the Alex Cardinal show. Alex is going to recap the latest in this week's current news, sports, entertainment, and much more. Plus, he will take a blast from the past, and we will all learn about this day in history. So let's get this news station started. The news hour is ready for blast off, starting now. And we're back here live on the Alice Cornelli Show, doing our fourth annual weekly news hour on this fine Friday evening. And before commercial break, we discussed today in history. The day is January 16th, and we discussed the weekly news. And right now, we're going to discuss some of the sports news, and I'll talk about my favorite quotes for the week, and I'll have some news for the Alice Cardinelli Show. Don't forget, you can call in at one three two three six four two one six zero five with any questions you might have, or talk about who you want to be in the Super Bowl. That's one three two three six four two one six zero five. Go ahead and call in and tell me who you think is going to be in the Super Bowl. I want to hear from my listeners, so go ahead and call in one three two three six four two. 1605 and discuss who you think is going to be in this in the Super Bowl. All right, that is 1323-642-1605. All right. So, let's go ahead and start discussing this week's sports news. Let's get to the sports news and hopefully we'll have a couple of callers here on the Alice Cardinelli Show. So, let's find out who's going to the NFL Championship Playoffs this Sunday. Now, we're going to recap last weekend's NFL Divisional Round Playoffs. First, we've got the New England Patriots who took on the Baltimore Ravens last week. 
New England Patriots defeated the Baltimore Ravens 35-31. to Means the Patriots advanced to the NFL Championship Round, to the AFC Championship Round. Then we've got the Seahawks and Panthers. Seahawks beat the Panthers 31-17. to And that means that the Seahawks went to the NFC Championship game this weekend. And finally, we got the Packers defeating the Cowboys, 26-21. to And that means the Packers will be going to the um, NFC Championship game this weekend. So the Packers and Cowboys were the game of the week last weekend. A last-minute comeback by the Packers sent them to the championship game. All right, so the AFC Championship game is taking place Sunday, January 18th, 2015, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on CBS, and that's going to be the New England Patriots versus the Indianapolis Colts. And the NFC Championship game is taking place Sunday, January 18th, 2015, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fox, and that's going to be the Seattle Seahawks versus the Green Bay Packers. And by this time, next week here on the Alex Cardinelli Show, Weekly News Hour, we're going to know who is going to be in Super Bowl 49. That's right. Next week we're going to know who exactly is going to be in Super Bowl 49. And I can't wait. I am a very big Super Bowl fan. I love the Super Bowl, and I can't wait to find out who will be in this year's edition of the Super Bowl. Will it be the Patriots or the Colts? Will it be the Packers or the Seahawks? Well, that's the time you guys call in now and tell me who you think is going to the Super Bowl. So go ahead and call in at one three two three six four two one six oh five. I would definitely love to hear from you. All right. Well, I know you guys are going to ask me, what is my thoughts on who's going to Super Bowl forty nine? Well, it is kind of hard for me to predict because I'm not a fan of the Patriots or the Colts or the Seahawks or the Packers. I'm actually a fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we all know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were horrible this year. But I do have two Super Bowl 49 predictions. The first one is going to be the New England Patriots versus the Seattle Seahawks. That is my first pick for Super Bowl 49. I I can definitely see this happening. Is the New England Patriots versus the Seattle Seahawks? I think that's going to be this year's Super Bowl. But the one that I really would enjoy seeing the most is the New England Patriots versus the Green Bay Packers. I can see that one happening as well. I actually prefer seeing the Patriots versus the Packers. I really want that one to happen. Um, But I really do want the Seattle Seahawks, or excuse me, I really do want the Patriots and Packers in the Super Bowl. I want to see the Patriots and Packers in the Super Bowl. Why? Well, he's got a great quarterback in, um, he's got a great quarterback in Tom Brady and the Patriots, and he's got a great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. He's got two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, as I said earlier. So I definitely would rather see um, Patriots and Packers in Super Bowl 49. But I'd be happy with Patriots and Seahawks as well. 
Would I be happy with Colts and Packers as well? Colts and Packers would be a good Super Bowl as well. But my two picks for Super Bowl would be the Patriots and, and Seahawks and the Patriots and Packers. And we'll find out next Wednesday. I mean, not next Wednesday. We'll find out next Friday who exactly is going to be in this Super Bowl. So I can't wait to find out this Sunday who will be in the Super Bowl. And next Friday we're going to discuss who's going to be in the Super Bowl here on the Alice Cardinelli Show. All right, moving on down to our next sports news, and that is the Oakland Raiders have hired Jack Del Rio as their new head coach. The Oakland Raiders have officially hired hometown man Jack Del Rio to try to end the misery that has saddled the franchise for most of this century. It was announced on Thursday. There are no guarantees Jack Del Rio will be the elixir to the lack of success in Oakland. But he is the best choice now, and he's Mark Davis' choice, writes Bill Williamson. After a through interview and evaluation process, we are excited to announce Jack Del Rio as the head coach of the Oakland Raiders, owner Mark Davis said in a statement. I have no doubt that he will make a significant impact and help reach the goal of everyone in this building, which is to win championships. ESPN broke the news of Del Rio's agreement with the Raiders on Wednesday. Del Rio is from the East Bay and went to Hayward High, which also produced Hall of Fame coach Bill Walsh. Del Rio's family are longtime Raiders season ticket holders, and it was known in NFL circles that Del Rio had long coveted the Oakland job. Del Rio brings head coaching experience with Davis Cavett. In 2012, McKenzie hired Dennis Allen, who hadn't had any head coaching experience, and he went 8-20 as Oakland's coach before being fired in September. Davis led the coaching search this time around. The Raiders are hoping Del Rio can change the team's fortunes. Oakland has won a total of 11 games over the past three seasons and haven't had a winning season since 2002. Jack Rio, Jack Del Rio brings a strong leadership present to this organization, McKenzie said in a statement. He has developed an excellent reputation as a coach in the league, and we are happy that he is a Raider. Del Rio, who will be the Raiders' ninth head coach since 2003, had a 68-71 record in Jacksonville from 2003 to 2011, and he twice guided the Jacksonville Jaguars to the playoffs where he was 1-2. He also had a 3-1 record as Denver's interim coach in 2013 when head coach Sean Fox was dealing with health issues. And that is this week's sports news. I hope you guys enjoyed our wonderful sports news. All right. Now we're going to debut a new segment here on the weekly news hour, and that is the WWE SmackDown results. And as we know, WWE SmackDown moved to Thursday night as of last night. And as we know, SmackDown has a new color commentator. Jerry King, Jerry the King Lawler is the new SmackDown color commentator. I'm happy to see Jerry on SmackDown. 
Anyways, here is the WWE SmackDown results for Thursday, January 15, 2015. Daniel Bryan defeated Kane. The match ended in disqualification after J&G security attacked Daniel Bryan. Big Show and Seth Rollins were on hand as well, but Bryan managed to escape the ring before the 5-1 beatdown started. They follow after him until Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose come out to back him up. Triple H announced a six-man tag team match for tonight's main event. The Miz, Damian Mizdow, and Alicia Fox defeated the Usos and Naomi. Paul Heyman is on SmackDown. He comes to the ring and talks about what happened on Raw with Brock Lesnar, but Seth Rollins cuts him off. Rollins says he'd like to cash in on the Money in the Bank, but the WWE Champion is never around, including tonight. Heyman tried to smooth things over between them and tease some sort of collusion after a Royal Rumble. Natalia defeated WWE Divas Champion Nikki Bella in a non-title match. Bad News Favorite defeated Sin Cara to retain the Intercontinental Championship. And Dean Ambrose, Daniel Bryan, and Roman Reigns defeated Kane, Big Show, and Seth Rollins in a six-man tag team main event match. This one went long and was said to be very good, and everyone got their spots in. The baby faces sent SmackDown off the air standing tall. And that is this week's WWE SmackDown review debut here on the Alex Cardinelli Show. All right, now it's time for a fun part of the show. It's time for the crazy Alex Cardinelli to share his quotes with you this week. Alex, you crazy bastard, make sure you have some good quotes for us. It's time for quote time with Alex Cardinelli right here, right now on the Alex Cardinelli Show. All right, here are your quotes of the week for this week. I've got some funny quotes for you, and I've got some great quotes for you. My first quote for you is, you know how when we're stressed, we eat ice cream and junk food. Want to know why? Because stressed backwards spells desserts, and that is from myself, Alice Cardinelli. Now, the next quote is, Whatever the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve, from Dr. Napoleon Hill. And the final quote for this week is, keep away from people who try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that, but the really great make you feel that you, too, can become great. Mark Twain. And that is a quote that I live by. People who try to belittle your ambitions. It's always small people that do that. It's always the small people that are jealous of you. But the really great people make you feel you can be great. That's really true. All right. And the final part of today's show is news for the Alice Cardinelli Show. And I've got a couple of great news for you before we end today's show. My first news is Mark and Nathan Blowies will be the guest this Sunday, January 18th, 2015, at 9 p.m. Eastern. That's right. I've got a young 10-year-old actor here on the Alice Cardinelli Show this Sunday, January 18th. 
2015 at 9 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be a show you will not want to miss. I guarantee it. You're going to love that show. So I'm asking you to please tune into that show this Sunday. You're going to love it. Go ahead and call in and ask Mark or Nathan a question. All right, Mark Nissen Blowies, guest this Sunday, January 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern. We've got another guest live Thursday, January 22nd, 2014, at 8 p.m. Eastern. This coming Thursday, we've got my brother from another mother, slash master 1989, Jeff. He'll be a guest on my very first ever WWE Royal Rumble. 2015 preview show. Jeff and I are going to make predictions on who's going to win the Royal Rumble. We'll talk about our favorite Royal Rumble matches and more. So if you're a WWE Royal Rumble fan, make sure you're here on a special Thursday episode of the Oscar Nelly Show, live Thursday, January 22nd, 2014, at 8 p.m. Eastern. And then we've got another guest, Cason Bolton, will be a guest on Tuesday, January 27th, 2015, at 8 p.m. Eastern. He's going to talk about what it's like living as a disabled person and give advice to those who are disabled. And he'll talk about current events and more. So join Cason Bolton on Tuesday, January 27th, at 8 p.m. Eastern. My next news is, of course, we've got a special Super Bowl episode of the Alex Cornelli Show, Sunday, January 25th, 2015, at 9 p.m. Eastern. That's right. Uh, in a couple weeks here, I'm going to be doing a Super Bowl 2015 edition episode of the Oscar Nelly Show, where I'll be sharing some Super Bowl recipes, how to have a great Super Bowl party, and I'll be talking about Super Bowl 49 in general. So I can't wait for the Super Bowl episode of the Oscar Nelly Show on Sunday, January 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And of course, my final news for tonight's show. Cooking with Alice Cardinelli debuts Sunday, February 1st, 8 p.m. Eastern. Oh, excuse me, Sunday, February 1st, 9 p.m. Eastern. And I'll be discussing cookies, cakes, and chocolate. So join me February 1st as Chef Alex debuts on the Alice Cardinelli Show with the Cooking with Alice Cardinelli Show with cookies, cakes, and chocolate. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight on the Alice Cornelli Show. Thank you for tuning in, and I definitely hope you enjoyed the fourth installment of Weekly News Hour. If you did enjoy today's show, please tell your friends about it, and please copy the show URL on your Facebook or Twitter or social media account. I'm your host, Alice Cardinelli. I hope you enjoyed this great show. I hope you'll join me on Sunday for a great show. Have a great weekend, everyone, and thank you for listening to the Alice Cardinelli Show, your one talk show where you are all loved. Thank you all for tuning into this great show. Have a great weekend, and you've been listening to the Alice Cardinelli Show here on Blog Talk Radio. Alice Cardinelli signing off from the Alice Cardinelli Show. Thank you for listening to the Alex Cardinal Show, your one stop for anything sports, news, politics, and general chat. Make sure you join us each and every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern, and Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Please like our fan page on Facebook. Log on to Facebook and type in the Alex Cardinal Show and click like. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Check us out there. For more information on our show, check out our webpage, blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazyalextalks. Have a good night, and thanks for listening to the Alex Cardinal Show.